Hey everyone, and welcome to the Outer Pika Scene. My name is Nada, I am your host, and this is a place where I ramble about all things mental health and how being a second generation affects it. My intention is to be your big sister of sorts and help you acknowledge whatever it is that you might be going through without the stigma as a person who's faced a lot of it in the past, along with give you the tools that you need to face whatever that is. Whether you be Muslim, Arab, neither, or both, thank you for listening and welcome to the Outer Pika Scene. Hello everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in once again. Like the intro says, my name is Nada, and today I'm going to be talking about knowing when to quit. Now this is very broad, and I'm just going to narrow it down and try to explain what exactly I mean by this. This can mean a variety of different things depending on what exactly is going on in your life right now, but essentially what I'm talking about here is knowing when it's time to take a step back and take a break or simply cut it out of your life entirely. This can be something you're doing in school or your job or pretty much anything. And today I'm going to force you to consider what that might be and how to eradicate it and get it the hell out of your life. To begin, the thing that really prompted me to make this episode or even start considering what exactly it meant to want to quit something and why it is so important to do so in certain situations was when I wanted to quit my job working at Winners Home Sense. If you're not from Canada or you don't really know what it is, it's essentially just a retail store at discounted prices. And my location specifically is incredibly crowded because I honestly don't know why. <laughs> I could not tell you why people are just obsessed with that store. But anyways, I worked there for about a year and a half before I really started to hate it. And the sad part is I really loved it at first. Like it was a pretty simple job to do. Anyone can learn how to do it. And I had really great coworkers. And a lot of the times, most of the bad customer interactions weren't enough to make me lose my mind. <laughs> this was just the beginning. And It ended up developing into a horrible experience that did wonders for my mental health in a very negative way. And now that I look back on it, there are so many warning signs that I should have taken into account when considering whether or not I should have quit. But the issue is I didn't even consider quitting until someone else told me that it would be a good idea. And I always joked about quitting because it's a customer service job and it really was a crappy job. We got treated like crap and I was literally back there today and people are still getting treated like crap. Nothing changes. The management was same as any place, especially the customer service. Management doesn't really care. They just think of you as a number. If you want to call in sick, they will blame you and make you feel like absolute crap about it, which is something that happened to me multiple times and made me terrified to ever call in sick. So I would literally just go in even though I was sick. This was not during COVID times, but even though I shouldn't have been going into work sick and it really just made me resent the job and everyone, <laughs> not everyone, I did have lovely coworkers, but it did make me resent my managers because they're supposed to protect you and help you out and just be the person you need to be able to communicate with your needs and make the job <laughs> less horrible than it has to be. But that was not the case for me. And I know that is not the case for many people working in part-time jobs, especially with customer service, when you're working with really annoying people who don't really know the meaning of manners and respecting someone who is servicing you. And after I've worked this job, I am so much more careful about how I talk to employees. Not that I wasn't already, like I was never disrespectful, but now it's gotten to a point where if I see someone in a bad mood or if they're just giving me attitude and 
let's say she's at a barista at a coffee shop like I do not take it personally because I know exactly what they're feeling even if you're not having a bad day when you go into work these jobs make it a bad day (laughs) and again this wasn't always the case like when I first started working there I was really excited it was my first job and I felt really privileged to even have this job especially when it was like straight out of COVID and it was really hard to get jobs but I really enjoyed it and I still love the people who work there I have really close friends as a result of it but oh man I left on not great terms in terms of how I felt about it like I I didn't burn any bridges I was still on good terms with my coworkers, my managers and I still love going there and seeing them all and catching up but in terms of how I felt about it and how it affected my mental health it was horrible and uh, I really just ended up presenting the whole entire thing <laughs> and the worst part about it is that like I said for a long time it was a good job at least well it wasn't a good job but for a long time it was a decent job I didn't hate it I didn't loathe it when I went into work I didn't immediately think I was gonna have a bad day and I just pushed through as one does like you really don't have any other choice especially when it is such a demanding job like I said it was very crowded all the time you never really got a second to breathe and it was mentally exhausting physically exhausting especially as a person who's had injuries in the past and currently has to deal with those injuries A lot of, for example, my managers didn't really take that into account, even though they should have, and I know that is the case for many people. I have friends who have chronic illnesses at that job, and they were never really considered as they should have been, simply because they were young, and that is something that I deal with currently and will probably deal with until I become an actual adult, even though I'm 18, and it's very damaging because I've gotten so many looks and adults belittling me because I couldn't do something that I should have been able to do in their eyes because you know I'm young and my body hasn't completely deteriorated yet even though my body practically has and it has been for a long time as a result of many things at play but that was never really considered at this job and it probably won't be for a very long time and that is a whole nother issue but essentially I'm just playing on the fact that management did not care about our well-being and what we needed and it's never going to change because there is no reason for it to change in their eyes. They're making their money. They're doing their job as managers in the least helpful way, <laughs> but it doesn't really affect them in any way, shape or form, but it affects everyone else, the people that they're supposed to be helping. So overall, didn't have great experiences with management and the entire system of working there. The only good parts were the co-workers and the fact that the schedule was really lenient. You could give away shifts really easily, which was really helpful, especially around stressful times or exam season. But otherwise, there were no redeeming qualities and it really sucks. And I really feel for the people that are still working there because there are no benefits to all the things that you suffer for. And honestly, let's be real, any job sucks. It's always going to have bad things to it. But this one was just very clear that I had a lot more negative qualities and any positive ones and it took me a really long time to see that. The worst part about all of this is that I left with all the negative memories and now it's so much harder to think about all the good times that I had with friends or just customers that I really liked because there were customers that were good like one out of every hundred that I had (laughs) but there were times like that and now that I try to think back on them it's really hard to narrow those down but for some reason it's so easy to think about all the negative experiences that I had especially towards the end when it got really bad really fast so that's why it's so important to know when you need to quit something or when you need to stop because you can still have good experiences but at the end of the day, if you continue doing something to the point where it's negatively affecting your mental health, 
all you're going to be remembering it as is something that was a really bad phase in your life, even though you could have stopped when it was still good or at least decent enough for you not to have extreme bad memories about it and literally ruin any other opportunities for you when all you can think about is, oh my gosh, this was so bad. The next thing is going to be the exact same. So I'm just going to go through some of the warning signs that I feel like people should be aware of, at least for my circumstance, because for some reason, back when I was working there, I didn't see how much of red flags these things were. And I'm just going to rapid fire here because I could literally go on for hours in detail about the specifics of how all these things affected me. But to put it simply, I went from being a person who loved this job and would become friends with customers and would absolutely be the nicest person I absolutely could to these people, even if they were being rude to me, to a person who literally would just fall into a deep temporary pit of depression every single time she would be within those walls and the way it would kind of manifest was if I'd be let's say as a cashier it was a lot of annoying people at that and they would do let's say a normal transaction but for some reason people are (laughs) addicted to buying things at that store so they could literally be buying let's say 50 things or 50 things in their cart and I would see them coming up to my cash register and I would pray that they wouldn't come to mine but they would and then I would literally just shut down like I would not I would ask them hey how are you but it was in like this monotone voice because I didn't have the mental capacity to be any nicer and then they would give me attitude and I would at that point I would literally just give them attitude back like (laughs) and obviously the customer service job you should not be giving attitude to anyone at the end of the day the customer is always right but the customer is not always right most of the time they're actually wrong but at that point I really did not care I didn't care that I was being rude to them I didn't care that I was not I was being a bad person Well, not necessarily a bad person, but I simply did not care if I was returning the same negative energy that they were. Whereas like three months ago, I would have never done anything like that. And it's not like I was, it's not like I was necessarily rude to them, but it was kind of just like I wasn't being overly nice to them either, which I guess should kind of always be the case. Like, I don't know why customer service people have to go so above and beyond just to please other people. Like, it's not fair to anyone. Like, it shouldn't be like that. It's kind of degrading at one point. And That's how it felt a lot of the time. Like, I literally just felt degraded because they would literally treat you like crap. I once got a customer who told me that I should smile more. And I literally had never felt so much rage in my life. But instead of of doing anything, which I couldn't do, I literally just started crying because I was so upset. And at this point, I had already put in my two weeks. But it was that, like, it was that interaction that kind of did it for me because it kind of summed up the entirety of my time working there with all those negative customers and it was just so it was so frustrating because yes it was on me for not realizing that I should have quit but it was also on the fact that like no job should ever get a person to this point like it started off fine it really did I really I liked going there I liked interacting with customers I am a people person but this job made me think that I wasn't because of how much I started to hate interacting with people as a result of it and after quitting I am so much happier like I realize that I still love talking to people I simply don't like talking to people who will treat me like scum on their shoe anyways that's pretty much the point that it got I would return attitude to customers even though I shouldn't have I would cry every single shift I literally have to go to the washroom and just cry in a stall because I could not stand it and we didn't really have many breaks. Sometimes my break would be like a 50 minute break during like a five hour shift and I'd have to contain all my tears until I went to the bathroom so I could cry. And 
it really it wasn't now that I think about it it doesn't really feel rational to have been crying but that's exactly how it felt at the time and and I'm not going to discredit myself because that is exactly how I was feeling and I wasn't in the best place like I wasn't in a great state of mind when I was there and it kind of leaked into my life and I didn't realize that I really didn't until someone else would tell me like hey are you okay like you don't look too good and I'm like oh maybe I'm not because <laughs> at the time I never questioned it I just went to my job did what I had to do I knew it was a crappy job but then I went home at the end of the day and I went on with my life I didn't question it even though I definitely should have so that is essentially how it developed and how I realized that it wasn't a good thing for me anymore and how maybe I should either take a step back from it or quit entirely and as you know I did quit and <laughs> I'm very glad I did. I apologize for that very extensive explanation, but it is truly a wonder that I was never able to identify how horrible this job was for my mental health. And like, I never really thought I'd want to quit a job so badly, but once I realized it was an option, (laughs) I took it. Like, I did not hesitate. And that's really all it is, is determining how you can go about cutting it out of your life. So that is the next thing I'm going to be talking about. Consider all the things that are happening in your life right now, all the things that you're doing, all the things that you've been doing for a really long time that are maybe so ingrained. When that's the case, there are literally biological things happening in your body that make it easy to continue doing this thing and harder to stop or reevaluate why you're doing this thing. I'm going to go <laughs> a little sciency in this next bit, so bear with me. The brain is always changing. It can always rewire itself to do different things. But the issue with this is that when you have done something for so long, it becomes harder to retrain the brain. To get specific, there are things called synaptic connections in your brain, which are activated every time you do an action. In layman's terms, that pretty much means that the more you do something, the more hardwired your brain becomes to do that very thing So much so to the point where it just becomes easy and simple and you don't have to think twice about it. The issue with this is that once your brain becomes accustomed to this action and considers it second nature, it becomes a lot harder to change how you do that action. For example, take walking. It is something that you've been doing all day, every day the same exact way, even though maybe your gait or the way you're walking is actually negatively impacting your posture. Maybe you want to try altering it. It's going to be a lot harder to retrain your brain to walk differently because now you are deconstructing everything that you've known your entire life to learn something new. So (laughs) enough of the science talk. To put it simply, habits are hard to break, right? Because they're so ingrained in our brains. But that doesn't mean that these habits are always going to be good for you. They could have been at a different time in your life, but that doesn't mean they are now, which is why it's so important to constantly be questioning your actions and your feelings. For example, Maybe you've been doing something for so long, like a sport, and you become really burnt out every time you think about it, or maybe you don't want to do it anymore, but the way that your brain is telling you this is by making you get irritated or upset every time someone brings it up. There are different triggers that you might have that you're not even really aware of because you've never even considered it. Maybe you feel nothing when you think about it because your brain is literally disassociating and it's just consumed you for so long that you don't even know how to feel about it. Maybe you just feel dissatisfied with your life and you don't know why. Maybe you are considering why you might be so sad right now or upset and you can't even pinpoint a specific reason. Maybe it's been that thing that's been right in front of you this entire time. When your life revolves around something that you don't really want to be doing or something that's not good for you, your body gives you signs that you need to learn how to read. And if you don't know how to read them yet, you will learn to as you continue to practice actually questioning yourself. So take a second, 
right now, take a second and ask yourself if you've been feeling off or maybe something's been bugging you but you can't place your finger on it. Good? You thought? Okay. (laughs) That was the case with me because despite the outcome being that I quit my job, I didn't even question it despite how unhappy I was for a very long time. If you've already established something and you're feeling uncomfortable about what I'm saying, good. That is the point. You need to question things that you've been doing blindly for a very long time. And also note that there is no time limit on however long you've been doing this thing for it to no longer be enjoyable or serving you in your life. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's never served you, but you've been doing it for so long that you haven't even considered the fact that you need to stop doing it. Especially as a teen, we are free from a lot of responsibilities. I didn't need to have a job, but I liked the independence and the freedom that it gave me. But that didn't mean that I had to take so many shifts and constantly be working. I could have altered it and maybe helped myself in the long run and maybe paced myself a little bit, but I didn't do that. I didn't question anything, even though I had my parents telling me that I should have taken less time on work or that I should have taken more breaks, but I thought that I knew what was best for me and I was just doing everything blindly. So if that is the case for you and you want to take advantage of the fact that you are still a kid and that you still have a lot of life to live, take advantage of that. Don't waste your time on things that don't make you happy and that are bad for your mental health. This can mean a variety of different things and different aspects of your life. Think about the personal, the social, academically, physically, every single thing that is happening in your life, think about it. Think about how you feel coming up to it. Think about how you feel after the event. Just sit with yourself and actually consider it. How are your friendships doing? Do you feel like they're actually healthy? Do you feel like they're good for you, that you're actually benefiting from this friendship? And in turn, do you feel like you're good for this friendship? Do you feel like you're helping the other person, that you're a good person for them? Because usually... When you're not great on one side, the other person suffers as a result. For example, maybe the other person is toxic. Maybe you start feeling like crap and start defending yourself in a toxic way too. It's a domino effect that you might not even be considering or aware of. Maybe it's clubs that you're doing in school or a sport you've been playing just because your parents put you in it since you were a kid and it's just become integrated in your life. You could have loved these things at one point or another. Maybe you even lived for it, but interests change and that is completely okay if you stop enjoying something you used to love the hardest part about hearing this is that change makes us nervous like if you've been doing something for years you're bound to feel off kilter when that thing no longer fits into your life for example i did competitive swimming for so long because my dad was a national swimmer and he wanted us to be good swimmers too us meaning me and my brother and while i'm grateful i know how to swim now i really don't like swimming that much. (laughs) Like, I don't care for it, and I get bored five minutes into swimming. And I didn't even realize this until I stopped swimming competitively and realized I had no urge to do it again anytime soon. But because of the environment around me at the time, I was never even given the chance to think about whether or not it was something I wanted to do. The point is that now that I'm older and have become aware of how I feel when I did all those things, I figured out what I like and what I don't like. And now, I know that I don't like swimming. (laughs) But more exciting and artistic things... I did like, for example, gymnastics and skating. But here's where it gets interesting. I actually hated skating for the longest times, years and years and years, and I actually despised going to my skating lessons. And again, this was something that my dad put me in when I was younger, and I never really questioned it. I don't really know if the reason I hated it was because of the snow pants and bulky-ass helmet I had to wear or just the lessons themselves, but I ended up making such a big deal out of it that my dad had no choice but to take me out of lessons even though I had to convince him for a year. (laughs) The ironic thing about this though is that when I stopped, I had the chance to skate without lessons and realized just how much I liked it without the structure and strictness of being in skating lessons. In fact, it's literally one of my favorite things to do now. I 
adore skating. So much so that I'm now going to be a skating volunteer in the same exact rink as I was before, but with a completely renewed outlook on skating. I'll probably be teaching kids who felt the exact same way as I did, except they might not figure out that it was just the circumstances that didn't interest them instead of the actual sport itself. What I'm trying to say, if I've completely derailed and confused you, is that change is completely okay and sometimes necessary to make the most out of a situation. Sometimes that change doesn't have to be drastic, but simply going about whatever it is that you're doing in a different way. Another example is maybe you had a hobby that you really loved and enjoyed and were even maybe known for it and now you don't really want to do it anymore. For example, I loved reading so much so that I had a bookstagram account that I posted avidly on. <laughs> and then when it started feeling like a job instead of a hobby and I just didn't feel excited about it anymore, I felt like a fraud because everyone knew me for that account. For some reason, everyone just knew me as the person who had a bookstagram account and who was obsessed with books. And it was true, I was. But at the same time, I no longer wanted to be a bookstagram person. I didn't really want to delete my account, but I also didn't want to keep posting on it either. And it took me so long to even get to the point because for years I had slowly been on this decline and I never even gave it a second thought because I had done it for so long it felt like second nature. Again, going back to habits and how hard they are to break. To preface, if you don't really know what a bookstagram is, it's essentially just posting books on an account on Instagram and talking to people who like the same books or talking to people who are also interested in books and everyone goes about doing it differently but the way I did it was if I would see a flower the same color as the cover I would try to take a picture and try to make it look pretty or I would make whole ass like productions to take pictures of books for and it was a whole production like I really went all out and it was really just instinct for me like it really just became second nature I would see some flowers on the road and I'd see that my cover the cover of my book was the same exact color I would immediately go and take a picture of it even though I really didn't care at that point anymore it had become such a part of my identity and it was so hard to part with because of the social expectation I brought with it I even had friends that I made through the account and through reading and it felt like I was letting them all down if I stopped when in reality I was just letting myself down by sticking with it but at the time, it felt like the wrong thing to do would be to give up because I wanted to enjoy reading again so much and I wanted to be excited to post and talk to people about books and be passionate about it, not even realizing that I was forcing myself to feel a passion that wasn't even there at the time. But most of all, I was disappointed in myself for not being able to enjoy reading, despite that not even being in my control. Like maybe there were external things that <laughs> were at play here, but for some reason I felt like there was this separation anxiety from reading, even though I could read if I wanted to, but I simply didn't want to read because of how much I was forcing myself to. Like I didn't even know what to do with myself if I didn't love reading anymore. And that's not to say the passion was gone because now it's back. It was just on hold, <laughs> waiting for the right time for me to pick it back up again but the reason I'm back to reading now is because I was forced to take some space from it and redefine it on my own terms for the longest time for the longest time I was attached to an account I was posting on for other people despite not wanting to for myself and when I stopped posting and really just took the time away from it I realized I was reading books other people wanted to read instead of reading the ones I actually wanted to like I love romance I will not read a book if there is no romance in it but all the people I was friends with on Bookstagram all read classics and like really intellectual stuff that I had no interest in and as a result I felt out of place and like I was doing something wrong even though the whole point of Bookstagram is that everyone has a different taste and everyone has their individuality but it became clear that I wasn't even doing what I wanted to do even though I thought it was for the longest time. Another example, 
maybe you're thinking about what you want to do in the future and you were one of those kids that decided they wanted to be an astronaut and you actually stuck with it. I know people who have gone to med school simply because they never considered anything else because they never even gave themselves a chance or because their parents wanted them to. As a child of immigrants, there are certain stigmas that follow you in every aspect of your life. This is one of them. For example, in Arab culture, things that are respected are being a doctor or an engineer, and that makes it virtually impossible for us to consider something else without feeling like it's wrong or that it's not good enough. Because let's say even if our parents don't stop us from pursuing what we want, that doesn't mean they support us. And without support, decisions are a lot harder to feel confident in. You should only be concerned with the validation you get from yourself. You have the courage to do whatever it is that you want to do, so do it. Nobody else, not your parents or your friends or some random person you think might judge you for it, is important when it comes to that. So don't let others' inability to give you support stop you from making the moves that you need to make for yourself. That goes for everything that you might need to stop doing in your life that's no longer serving you. So, if this is the case for you, you need to look at quitting in a different way. Don't quit because your parents are making it hard for you. Quit giving them the power to make it hard for you. Take that power back, take that control back, and I know, I know it's a lot easier said than done. Being the child of immigrants means living our entire lives trying to repay debt we can never really repay, but having parents leave their whole lives behind and sacrifice everything for you is not something that ever leaves your conscience. It feels like nothing will ever compare, so you try to please them, you try to do everything in your power to help make them feel good, but in doing so, you end up presenting them, and that is not fair to either of you. So, sometimes... You need to consider it for yourself, especially when a lot of the times they might see it one way. So maybe even though you know something might be good for you, they'll somehow tell you it's not and manage to convince you otherwise. I'm not saying all immigrant parents are manipulative and even if they are, it's not on purpose, but because we were raised in two different worlds, sometimes they get worried about how things can affect us since they don't really know how to protect us from it. Like, for example, again, without a parent's they came from very strict cultures in specific aspects and then they come to Canada and it's a lot more lenient in specific aspects and they don't really know how to deal with that and help us navigate that so they just try to stop us from doing specific things even though that might not be the best thing for us or they want us to continue doing something that doesn't actually help us in the long run. Going back to what I said before, the only person that's going to know whether or not you need to stop doing something is you. And the only way you're going to figure that out is if you actually sit with yourself and think about how you think about it, not how everyone else around you is thinking about it, and actually narrow down what thoughts are yours and what comes from other people. Because you do not need other people's biases getting in the middle of this. That's the only way you're going to actually be able to decide what is best for you and not other people. Because yes, our parents might have our best interests in mind, but that doesn't necessarily mean they know what's best for you. Because a lot of the times, we come from two different worlds. The things that seem simple to them might not seem so simple to us, and the things that seem wrong to them might not seem so wrong to us, and that is completely okay. That doesn't mean you're a failure, it doesn't mean you're a bad daughter or son or child, it simply means that you have different values, and that makes complete sense because you were raised in a completely different country than they were, and you have completely different expectations for life than they did, and that is completely valid no matter how people try to make you think it's not. To wrap this up, I'm just going to say once again that... Just because you've been doing something for a very long time does not mean that you have to keep doing it. There's no timeline on when you have to stop doing something or when you have to continue doing something. The only important thing to consider is whether or not it is helping you, whether or not you're enjoying doing it, whether or not it is good for you in every aspect of your life. So as long as you can answer that question, you know whether or not the right decision is to quit or not. And quitting is not giving up. In fact, not quitting a lot of the times is a form of giving up because you're letting whatever it is that is no longer good for you control you. And all you have to do is say no to it. If it is a job, 
quit the job. If it is a club you're in, don't go to that club anymore. If it's a class that you absolutely hate, stop taking the class. Drop out. Take another class that interests you. Doing all these things are going to help you discover what exactly you want in your life, what exactly you value in your life, and you're going to be so much better off for it in the future when everyone else is doing the same exact thing that they've been doing for so long and not even considering anything else. So, it is incredibly important to quit things sometimes. And yes, quitting kind of has a negative connotation to it. Like when you think of quitting, you think of bad, but just think of all the good that can come from quitting. Like it is truly, it just opens up so many doors. And ever since I quit my job, ever since I quit doing things that no longer serve me or made me happy, I have been infinitely better off for it. And that is the case for everyone. It's not going to be any different. So if there is something in your life that you don't want to do anymore, that is no longer serving you, that is stopping you from actually reaching the potential that you want to achieve or do the things that you want to do with your life, then stop it. Quit it. It's enough. It gave you experiences. It gave you a story to tell, but it's time for you to stop. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to quit talking now because I have literally talked your ear off. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. I hope something I said managed to help you realize or maybe discover what exactly is no longer serving you in your life and what you need to cut out of your life. And if so, and it helped you even a little bit, please leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. I keep forgetting to mention that. <laughs> but thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you very soon.